he's one of the only people who gives me real feedback because a lot of people leave the class and, you know, half will be like, that was so awesome. Thank you so much. Others leave and don't say anything. But if I say to someone, oh, I'd love any feedback, they're not really giving you any feedback. So he'll say, you know, that class was too hard. It was too easy. That song didn't work. You weren't motivating people and whatever, whatever it is. And I find that just really helpful. This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm John McGowan. If you have someone interesting that you think that would be a good guest on this program, please let me know. I'm John at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Speaking of somebody who I felt that you uh, would appreciate learning from and hearing about, a woman named Julie Jarrett. And Julie teaches at Prime Cycle Studio in Hoboken, New Jersey. Uh, A couple weeks ago when I was in New York, I had the privilege of taking a couple of her classes. And she's got a very interesting day job occupation, but she's also crushing it as nearly a brand new instructor. And so I'd like to learn a little bit of both. So, Julie, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Let's start with your fitness background. Yeah. Okay. How How long have you been active in just fitness, not necessarily as an instructor, but just from a fitness perspective. So I have an interesting um, story. When I was 17 years old, which was too long ago, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, even at a very young age. When I was 17 years old, um, step aerobics was like a big phenomenon at the time, right there. I dated mm-hmm. myself. Um, and uh, <laughs> that's okay. I, we're, we're we're all of like age. So. Exactly. Okay. Great. In the neighborhood where I grew up in in Brooklyn, um, there there were gyms where you can go and um, you join a gym and take some fitness classes, but it was super expensive. And when you're 17 years old and you're making minimum wage, working in a local pharmacy. You know, belonging to a gym wasn't really an option. So I had this idea to start a fitness class, a fitness center, as I called it, where you can pay as you go and take step aerobic classes for $6 a class. And I went to my local church and I asked the priest there if five times a week, um, twice a day, I can offer um, step aerobic classes. And he said, do you know how to teach step aerobic classes? I said, oh, God, no, I wouldn't teach them. I would find somebody to teach them. <laughs> and so I found somebody who uh, agreed to come and teach. He gave us the keys to the gym. And about five days a week, twice a day, we offered classes, pay as you go, $6. I went to every class. And then I decided I wanted to learn to teach. So I went through a little training program. And started teaching step aerobics. And I made absolutely no money um, doing it because it was, like I said, $6 a class. And I had to pay rent for the gym. But I was bit by the fitness bug at a young age. So I ran that little church business for about three years. And then I stopped exercising, honestly, for about 15 years. (laughs) I went off and and jump-started my television career, which I'm sure we will talk about. Um, Got married had kids, and stopped exercising. And then about four years ago, I went to my, I tried everything. I tried a trainer. I tried joining a gym. 
I tried rowing, you name it. I tried everything. I had never tried cycling. Um, and I couldn't find anything that I, I liked. And then one day my sister actually it was, uh, during hurricane Sandy, my sister said, you should come to a soul cycle class. And I was like, no way. I'm not going on an indoor bike. It doesn't make any sense. If you can't be outdoors, why be on a bike? She said, just try it, try it, try it. You'll love it. You love dancing. You love music. Try it. I took a soul cycle class and honestly, I was hooked from that day forward. I went, I'd say at least five times a week, if not seven times a week became completely, yes, I was literally obsessed. I loved it so much. I lost 25 pounds in, I don't know, maybe four or five months. And I was like, oh, okay, this is great. So I love doing this. I'm losing weight and I'm getting healthy. And so that's really what hooked me into as a rider. And then I would just literally be in class and daydream and imagine like, that could be me. I want to do that. I want to motivate people to exercise. I want to motivate people to come out of their 20 year exercise rut. I want people to lose weight. I want people to sweat. I want people to dance on a bike. And so I just went and became certified without really knowing if I would teach or where I would teach. I just signed up for a Schwinn um, certification class. I took the class, the course. I got my certification certificate. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, maybe I can really teach. To go back a little bit, though, so that, you know, this introduction to SoulCycle really snapped you out of your exercise coma. Yep. Yep. Wow. It really did. I I had tried honestly everything. I really I I always tended to like group fitness more than training, you know, one-on-one training or just going to the gym or treadmill or running. I, I just I was always a group fitness person, hence my mm-hmm. endeavor into step. Um and I just I just felt like there was nothing else in my life exercise-wise that I could connect with. I do love music. I love to dance. Everybody in my life knows that Every birthday party or party that I have, there's always a DJ. And I was like, it never felt like work. I was sweating. I was working hard. But it always felt more fun. And I just, I wanted to share that sort of same philosophy, like working out can actually be fun. Exactly. Well, and you know, it's interesting you brought up that there's, and I was going to post about it and I don't, maybe I did, I don't remember, but there was a study that came out that said that was in the uh, Idea Fitness magazine and they talked about how post-exercise, people who perceived their, their exercise as fun tended to eat less than those that considered whatever they were doing as exercise Ah, or a workout. And, and that's interesting how you say that is how the fact that you know providing f- something that's fun and ultimately the goal of everybody in our any class is to either manage or reduce their body weight yep. to to be able to do that effectively is is crucial to helping you obviously and then you're kind of paying it forward to the people you're instructing today right i love that pay it forward that you know i never thought about it that way but that that's honestly you know why i why i do it i mean i just I'm so ambitious to have people feel that same exhilaration that I feel when I, and I still, I still take tons of classes. You know, I teach obviously, but I take tons of classes and I, you know, I just, I want to pay it forward. I love that line. Thank you. I'll be stealing that. <laughs> oh, you're more than welcome to. Uh, just don't start a television show around it without giving me exactly. a credit at the bottom. Okay. So before we get to your, your actual 
career yeah. now. Uh, just help everyone understand, because it was fascinating to me. You and I had a chance to have breakfast together. Fascinating to learn about the world of reality TV shows. Yeah. So kind of give everybody an understanding of your production company and what that all entails. So Steph, I've always worked in television my, my whole career. Um, I started at MTV, which is where I met my husband. And, set, and we always worked in the reality TV world when reality started, shows like Real World, which was 20 years ago. Um, I was always fascinated with pop culture, and I just always loved reality TV. So seven years ago, my husband and I had the opportunity to start our own production company. And what that basically means is that, and I love my job, I love what I do. So we have the joy of, on a daily basis, coming up with ideas for TV shows, finding talent that we could put on TV. Um, and we go out and we develop those ideas and we pitch them to television networks. And we hope that someone loves the ideas enough to buy them. And then when they do buy them, we get to make them. So we write, produce, edit, script. You know, We do everything that needs to be done to make a television show what it is. And over the course of the past seven years, we've had probably about 15 different series on the air. We have six on the air right now. We have another nine in development. And we've grown into a, you know, a very nice, successful, mid-sized reality TV production company in New York. Throw out a couple of names of shows that people might be familiar with. Yes. Yeah, so our longest running show is a show called Celebrity Ghost Stories. We've done 100 episodes of that show. Um, it, it features celebrities, real life celebrities telling their real experience with ghosts. Believe it or not, a lot of celebrities do see ghosts. Um, so we have that show. We have another show called Boston's Finest, which is a reality show about the Boston Police Department on TNT. We have a show on Oxygen called My Crazy Love. Um, we do a not so heartwarming show called I Killed My BFF. <laughs> okay. Yes, are, I'm not familiar with that show, but I'll look it up yeah, so I there can are see. There a lot it. of friends out there, unfortunately, who kill each other. And unfortunately, when you're friends with someone, you kill them more violently than when you're not friends with them. Uh, and then we have a bunch of paranormal shows. Um, we also did a reality show with Whitney Houston's daughter um, and her family for a couple of years on Lifetime. So you know, we do it all. We do we do game shows. We have a cooking show. We do paranormal. Um, and I truly, I truly, I truly love what I do. And I don't know where I find the time to do anything else, but I do. <laughs> the, uh, well, before we get away from this, yeah. I, you told me a story while we were sitting together, how you heard a, a phrase and you developed the whole, sh whole oh, yep. show out of it. To explain that quickly. Yeah. So it's always fascinating when people ask, you know, how do you come up with these show ideas? And, you know, so the network come up with it. So one day I was on a train coming back from a shoot in Boston and the woman sitting next to me on Amtrak was reading a magazine. I, I think it was Cosmo magazine. I'm not entirely sure. And the article, the title of the article was, what's the craziest thing you've ever done for love? And I said to myself in that instant, what a great idea for a TV show. We can find women and men um, who can tell us their real stories, their firsthand experiences on the craziest thing they've ever done for love. And then we could do these little romantic comedy, dramatic recreations to back up their stories. So I got home that night. I whipped out my laptop. I wrote a two-page description of what the show would be. 
I sent it to probably a half a dozen network executives. The title of the show is Crazy Love. Um, and within 24 hours, and this never really happens, within 24 hours, we had three networks that wanted to buy the show. It just, it just struck a chord. Now, this, like I said, this doesn't normally happen. Normally, it takes months to come up with a show idea. It takes months to find a network who wants it, like to find one network that wanted it. And in this instance, it was one idea in one moment, in one day, and I had multiple people who wanted it. So we ended up selling it to Oxygen. They bought 12 episodes. Um, we've aired five of them already, and they're already talking to us about doing another 12. So, you know, it's not always that easy, but when it does happen that way, it really makes life a lot easier. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that sounds like an exciting thing to, well, and I think part of it had to do with the fact that you have a lot of experience. It's not like myself or one of my listeners can come up with an idea and pitch it to a network. And Yeah. Yeah, absolutely true. And it's in a genre, it's called the recreation genre, and that's a genre where we do a lot of work. So that definitely put a lot of people's minds at ease that it would be, you know, of a certain quality. All right. So now... <laughs> So where do I find the time to do anything else? Right. right. And I realize this. You just have, your company is very small. What did you say? They're just the three of you, you, Seth, and your assistant? Yeah. So not really. So. Well, I bet you got a lot of help, but the, the basis of it or the, yeah. the, the foundation the most, of it. Yeah. For the most part, it's three of us. And then on any given day, we have freelancers who come and go to work on shows. So that can range anywhere from 50 to 150, depending on, you know, how busy we are. So I do spend a lot of my time, you know, working here in the television world. I, I, I am with my husband 24-7. We uh, obviously live together. We raise our children together. We're married and we work together. We commute together. We sit in an office together and we are by each other's side every minute of the day. Oh, now I remember that what we came, we thought about, I, I, there was something I knew I wanted to talk to you about, yeah. is that you were explaining to me how the fact that now that you're teaching has a real positive impact on your marriage. Yeah. I, I said I want to write a blog, how cycling saved my marriage. Yeah. I mean, Seth and I, we've been together 20 years. Um, I've been really obsessed with fitness again for the past four or five years, and he's literally can care less for 20 years that I've been with him. I have never seen him exercise once, never, ever, ever, ever. Um, he has high cholesterol. His doctor's cardiologist begs him to exercise and he just, he could never do it. And so I've always begged him to come to a spinning class, a cycling class with me, but he just refused. And two years ago, he did take one soul cycle class with me as my birthday present. Halfway through the class, he walked out. He, the instructor, unfortunately, poor judgment on her part, in my opinion. Um, she asked at the beginning of the class if there were any new riders. He raised his hand. She said, what's your name? He said, Seth. And throughout the class, for the little bit of time he actually stayed, she kept shouting out to him and saying, come on, everyone, let's check in on Seth. How you doing, Seth? Everyone look at Seth. And it really, that's just not something I think. Oh. Yeah. So he got up in the middle of the class and he left. I left a few minutes later. And when I came outside, he was eating a Big Mac and drinking a milkshake. <laughs> okay. No lie. And he said, I'm But he's in the studio now, though, because I rode with him a couple of that's times. That's right. And so now when I taught my first class, I begged him to come. I just said, I need you there to support me. 
And he literally, it's been uh, three months that I've been teaching. He's come to every single one of my classes. Today he went to someone else's class and he's addicted. He loves it. He's lost 10 pounds um, and he just feels so good and it makes me very happy. So we have this new connection. We are closer. I'm so proud of him. He's so proud of me. We have something in our lives that's not work related and that's not related to our children. So I feel like it just gave us this really special bond. And we talk about playlists and choreography and sprinting and climbing and flats. And, you know, it's all very romantic. <laughs> well, and it really is. And I think it's just it's just heartwarming to, yeah. to, to to see how that could work for you. Now, you know what comes next? Yeah. No, what? Is it, no, well, you end up on a tandem together like my, my wife Amy and I. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But see here, but I do recognize a problem in that. You're going to have to decide who's going to be in front. Who's going to be in front? Okay, got it. Okay, good. And what do you guys do? <laughs> well, I'm in front. Okay, just checking. <laughs> but I'm the one with all the experience outside. And but uh, but just because because my relationship with Amy is very similar to that. Yeah. You know, where where we spend a lot of time together, working together, raising kids, everything else. But we can also do these fun activities, cycling, uh, teaching. Yeah, I you know, and he really he really helps me with my playlist because he's really into music too, and and so I feel like he feels like he has some you know ownership over you know the class a little bit, and and again I think I mentioned this when we met. It's he's one of the only people who gives me real feedback because a lot of people leave the class, and you know half will be like that was so awesome, thank you so much. Others leave and don't say anything, but if I say to someone, oh, I'd love any feedback they're not really giving you any feedback. So he'll say, you know, that class was too hard. It was too easy. That song didn't work. You weren't motivating people and whatever, whatever it is. And I find that just really helpful. Got it. So your relationship must be a little stronger than mine because I don't know that I can do that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I shouldn't say that. That's not fair. I I can, but I have to be careful. (laughs) Yeah. No, sometimes he'll say something that's a little too honest and I'll be like, it'll be gnawing at me all day. Like at first I'll be like, oh my God, that's great feedback. Thank you so much. And then like two hours later, I'll be sort of annoyed by it. And I'll be like, well, maybe it wasn't me. Maybe it was you. Maybe you didn't have your resistance high enough. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. It can't be my fault. Where you're not following directions. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. You're a bad uh, student. <laughs> so you went out, you had no idea where you're going to teach. Yep. But you went through Schwinn's uh, orientation program. I did. Yep. Uh, then what did you do? So then there was a a brand new um, cycling studio that was opening in Hoboken where I live that was not Prime Cycle. It was called, it's called Wheelhouse. I knew the owners because they also own a bar studio for bar classes. And I said, you know, I became certified. Are you looking for instructors? And they were like, oh my God, we would love you to instruct. Come to an audition. Went to the audition, went to their training and their master instructor told me that I would have to be on the sub list. I couldn't um, teach yet because I moved my hips too much and I was too dancey on the bike and that their philosophy was going to be much more athletic driven and I was too fun, which I understood because I I do bring a little bit of, um, I call my class party on a bike. So I do bring, you know, a certain level of quote unquote fun and I know they were going for something different. So it discouraged me, but it didn't crush me. And then this. As, no, it shouldn't either. I mean, there, there's, you know, we've described it. There's kind of two verticals now. 
Yep. You know, there's the cycling specific and then what I, we're calling kind of rhythm and movement or, exactly. you know, put the quotes around soul cycle-ish kind of. Yep. And uh, some want to have studios designed for one, some want for the other. God bless them. Yeah. And so I just knew that wouldn't be the right place for me. And then, and then I knew the owner's wife who was opening Prime Cycle and she said, well, well, we want to have a whole rhythm riding philosophy at my husband's studio. You should talk to him. And so I spoke to him and he's like, well, everything you're describing is exactly what we want to be. Do you want to maybe help us find some instructors, maybe teach yourself? And I said, wow, I mean, that would be like a dream come true. So they started putting the schedule together and they were like, do you want to teach? And I said, well, I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to teach. And they're like, oh, no, you're, you're ready. And so they put me on the schedule. I taught my first class, which was back in early September. What did that feel like? Oh, my God. I, I was sick for four days before. I was a nervous wreck. I literally was a nervous wreck. What I had done the week prior was um, they had a free week of classes for their soft opening. So one of the instructors who's been doing you know this for like 10 years said, why don't you do one song in my routine in the middle of my class? So I did that one song which I thought I would faint when I was doing it, honestly, because I was so nervous. (laughs) And then she's like, you did really great. And and she's like, if you could do one, you could do a whole class. I was so sick for days before I was a nervous wreck. My heart was racing. I was sweating. I couldn't sleep. I changed my playlist at least 20 times. But once I got on that, dimmed those lights and got on that bike, I literally was not nervous. I just felt like I was completely in my element. Um, I channeled all the things I had learned. I incorporated all the things that I had always hoped that, you know, I would get in a class. And now I still, I mean, it's only been three months. It's nothing compared to probably your listeners who've been doing this forever. I, I still get very nervous the night before and the morning of, but once I'm in the room and once we're ready to go, I feel great. I just feel like I've, I'm doing what I love to do. And I, I think the big thing about my class is that, you know, I have I have a kind of over-the-top personality. <laughs> so I incorporate that into my class. So I, it, I guess my point is I feel like myself. I'm not trying too hard. Um, I'm trying to just be myself but give everybody a very fulfilling experience. Awesome. And just, I mean, the, the first class I went to, that was your first sold-out class. Yes, that was my first sold-out class. I know. <laughs> After so I consider myself a good omen for yeah, you. Thank you. But, and I've been no. doing well since then, but thank you. <laughs> oh, no, I can't take any credit for it, but, uh, but your peeps really seem to enjoy you. Yes, I do have, in just a short amount of time, a little bit of a loyal following. A lot of the particular riders that I have have a very similar story to me. They're moms in their late 30s, early 40s. They've been in exercise ruts. Um, and you know, I've encouraged them to come and try a class and they've tried it and they've liked it. And, you know, I, I, I really try to personalize, you know, when people come in the door, I introduce myself, I talk to them, what are their fitness goals? What have they done? What, what, you know, to just make people feel like, you know, I care because I do. So a lot of my writers are people who've never done this before or haven't done it in a long time. And a lot of the comments that I get is, what I said earlier, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like fun, even though they're burning four, five, six hundred calories um, and they're sweating and they're dying. They somehow feel like it's fun. <laughs> well, because it is. Because it is, right? Yeah, yeah, it is fun. 
Yeah, and they're doing something they know they need to do. Yeah. But and you know, it's always and it's it's inside everybody. It's just trying to get it out of them to right. to, to to be able to a- act on their feeling of the need to do this. Yeah. And I think the other thing is that I think a lot of them either have never taken a class or haven't taken it in, in, in years or have taken it like at New York sports club or some of our bigger gyms. And I just think people have a, a very stereotypical view on what indoor cycling is. And so I think with rhythm riding and our studio being, you know, dimly lit and mood lighting and, I just think it feels just very new and fresh and different to them, and I think that's what sort of motivates them as well. Because like, describe describe that that stereotype. Yeah. Uh, how how would you describe that that you think they're coming with? Yeah, I think it's like it's like oh, cycling classes. Oh, I, I did that ten years ago at New York Sports Club. It's so boring. You're just jumping up. You're jumping down. You're not going anywhere. You're just sitting on a bike. You know. So just sort of that. You're on an indoor bike, so you can't do anything that you can't do on an outdoor bike. And my philosophy and a lot of our philosophies, right, is, or at least mine is, if you can't do it. And this, that first place where I auditioned and they put me on the sub list, they said, if you can't do it on an outdoor bike, you shouldn't do it on an indoor bike. And my personal philosophy is the opposite. If I could do it on an outdoor bike, then I would just go do it on an outdoor bike, <laughs> Um, you know, and when here in New York, when it's 10 degrees and you, you can't be outdoors on a bike or potholes everywhere, or, you know, our crappy streets in New York city, you want to be on a bike. Why not be on an indoor bike? You know, you could still put up your torque. You could still climb. You could still do a flat. Um, you're just doing it with loud music and, and, and dim lighting. The thing I enjoy about where I sit is that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing both sides of this these genres, so to speak, being successful. And I think it's, it's awesome because as I think I even mentioned to you is the majority of, and you have primarily women in your class, like, again, you were saying very similar to you. The majority of those women would never come to my class. Right. And so you're providing them something that I can't, which I think is awesome. And and I think the key to a good studio, we talked about this is that you want all of your instructors to have sort of the same general philosophy of the studio. So our studio is rhythm riding, but every instructor is so different. You know, some are much more, you, you know, they're just, they're not as dancey. They're not as poppy. You know, they're, they're more focused on the, on the sports side of it, you know, and that leaderboard and that performance IQ is, you know, what they're queuing to, you know, so we're, we have the same, philosophy but our classes are different so more guys more guys go to this woman tracy than them would come to my class excellent excellent and you know to that end though you guys you know even though it's rhythm and movement you guys aren't ignoring the the performance side of it um you know i talked with quite a few of your participants quite a few a handful um and they all told me they were super excited about getting their email right that comes right after the end of class you know showing what they did do you ever cue to that at all as far as helping them? Okay, you, you were looking to work a better average, blah, blah, blah. The only thing for me in particular, I say, I mean, I do cue RPMs, as, as you know. My, my philosophy is, because I'm not a competitive person, right, is I'll never cue out, you want to be first, you want to get there first, you want to be, you know, highest on the leaderboard. You, you know, to, for me, that 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 doesn't work. You know, a couple of people after class will say, 
can I look at your computer? I want to see what place I'm in. Because even when you get the email, it wouldn't tell you necessarily where you rank in the class. Right. Oh, and we should explain, too, that your studio does not have a display That's right. with Performance IQ up front. So so you're using it only for the data collection and then the bike reservation system, which you obviously need. Exactly. So I can see what everyone's doing just during class in terms of RPMs and energy, but that's it. And then at the end, I can see from an energy perspective, you know, what their rankings are. And some people run up to me right after class to say, what number was I? What number was I? Where was I? I mean, yesterday was a perfect example. I had 32 people in my class, this uh, younger girl in her early 20s and her boyfriend came running up to me and they're like, we want to see, we want to see. So I was like, okay. So I showed them this, the monitor and out of 32 people, they were like 27 and 28. And they were crushed. They were <laughs> devastated. And to me, that was, you know, that's the most demotivating thing I, I, I've ever seen. You know, they were like, because oh, these two worked hard. I mean, they looked like they were going to be dragged out of there. Um, so for me, for my philosophy, why do you need to know that information? You know, they could have just gone home, gotten their emails. They might have seen that they... You know, they, they rode 15 miles, you know, their, their Watts, you know, to them, that might've been all been amazing. But once they saw where they ranked in the class, it just crushed them. So I don't really cue to it other than the RPMs. Got it. Cause you know, from my side, I'm the man competitive and, uh, <laughs> oh, I need to see where I am and, you know, but yeah, you need to be sensitive to both sides of it. And, and you guys obviously have developed, you know, your studio uh, approach and it, it's hard to fault it because you guys seem to be rocking it. Yeah, we're doing really well. Like on Saturday, we offer 8.30, five classes on Saturday and I think almost every single one was sold out. And that's after just, uh, we opened September 12th. So it's really just is- two and a half months. Um, I mean, we are in a highly populated town, so that's correct. Yeah, and I yeah, and I would preface that because yeah. you ride the ferry across from New York City, and yeah. you see all these, you know, these blocks of gorgeous condos, yeah, of which you live in one of them, yeah. and and you think this is the perfect place for a studio. Yeah. I mean, it's just total bedroom community. And you were explaining to me that these are very expensive condos yeah. to boot. Yep, and, and so these people have. Uh, the resources. What you guys charge eighteen dollars a class? Is that? Oh, right? they charge twenty eight dollars a class. Oh, twenty eight dollars. <laughs> unless you Forgive buy, me. unless you buy, you know, if you buy like a ten pack, it goes down to twenty two dollars a class. Wow. If you buy a twenty pack, it goes down to twenty dollars a class. Yeah, there are ten thousand people alone that live within two blocks of that studio because there's so many high rises. Mm-hmm. Um, so the foot traffic is just. You know, it's tremendous. And there's 70,000 people who live with, within the town, and the town is only one square mile. So there's an opportunity to just get a lot of people. <laughs> exactly. So if, if you're in the search for space to, to start your studio, you want to go on Google Maps, find Prime Cycle in Hoboken, and do some investigation as far as what it all looks like, as far as uh, zoning and everything, and then see if you can find a place in your community that replicates it because um, it, it uh, that's going a long way to the success they're having. All right. Well, Julie Jarrett, this is getting very long, so I'm going to have to draw to a close. Uh, is there anything that you could would like to quickly share to someone listening to this who is a brand-new instructor? 
um, what was, um, what did you do wrong? Hmm. That's a very, you mean when I first started teaching? Correct. Yeah. If you look back and say, crap, I should have done that different. After my first three to five classes, after each class, I went up to every single person to say, did you love it? Did you love it? Did you love it? (laughs) That was so awful. Um, because I was putting people on the spot. I needed crazy reassurance that I shouldn't need. Um, I should know how I did, you know, how I felt, you know, and, and just begging people for their reassurance was probably poor form. Um, and then just from a, from a technical perspective for me, again, for me personally, I never got off the bike ever, which I know a lot of instructors don't, which is awesome. From an endurance standpoint, I didn't feel I was as motivating when I was on the bike for the full 45 or 60 minutes. If I got off for a song or two to just catch my breath and get my bearing straight, I became more motivating and a better teacher. So I don't know if that's doing anything wrong, but it's certainly something. Oh, no, not at all. No, and that's the problem. It's the other way around, I think. There's too, too many people are reluctant to get off their bike and they need to. I just saw someone this morning who took someone else's class and she was like, she never got off the bike. And she, and, and, and she said, I felt like that was less motivating. And again, it's a personal preference, but I feel like when I'm off the bike and I'm walking around and I'm walking next to people and behind people, they're going to work harder because I, my presence is motivating them. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, so there you go. I appreciate the time. Oh, no, this was so much fun, Julie, and I, and I hope we've uh, helped guide and, um, some new person and at the same time, you know, just really celebrate you and Thank you. the efforts the guys are doing at Prime Cycle because you're just crushing it. And my hope is that going forward, you guys uh, remain very successful and, and uh, I wish you and your uh, family wonderful holidays. Thank you. You too. Stay warm. <laughs> you too. Okay. Thanks a lot. Okay. Bye-bye. 